Welcome to the Joy of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Dr. James Taylor. On this podcast, we explore the passion and purpose of leadership, and we do so by talking with recognized leaders who do not merely have jobs, but men and women who have been called to their chosen sphere of influence. All right. Hey, Coach, it is great to have you on the show today. Um, our show is the Joy of Leadership, and, uh, and I'll, listen, I'll just be totally honest. There are certain guys, right? You, you get to you get to hire and bring on, and I, I know it's the same with you because we've already known each other for a while. But you know, there's certain guys you get to bring on, and you realize, like, you meet them for five minutes, you recognize it's going to be iron sharpening iron. Yeah. And uh, man, listen, I, I met you, and in five minutes, I thought, what well, that's going to be. If, if the Lord blesses us with bringing you on on staff, yeah, uh, you're going to be iron sharpening iron. The producer of our show, David Bell, I feel the same, the exact same way about. And just, it's exciting, man. So you're jumping into this football position here at Hebron. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of your excitement, your experience, what you've already seen, and then we're going to kind of backtrack and get to what brought you here. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited. You know, I didn't know what to expect when I took the job. I didn't look at a previous roster or even watch film. You know, I talked with you and I saw the campus and I'm like, and prayed about it. And I really knew this is where God was calling me to be. Um, so I had low expectations for maybe our talent level. Um, but I went into the weight room and saw the kids work out and I'm like, you know what? We have some really big kids and, and then we started working and then we started what we call the forge, which is getting them to come at Wednesday on Wednesday mornings to work out and, uh, just to evaluate them, but really just kind of teach them discipline and toughness and see who's, who wants it to really be a part of, um, building a great football program. So, um, and then in the process. I, I started to see some really amazing athletes and great kids and the excitement and their will to work and their drive. Um, and so I'm super excited. We had a great month of May with spring practice. Um, and here we are at the end of July and we've had a tremendous summer of work. We've gone all over the place and our kids have competed um, and they've worked hard every day that we've asked them to come up. So I, I think I'm just, super excited and where I thought I was coming into a situation where it's going to take a while to build it. I, I think that we can win right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so I, I've loved, uh, you know, just the idea of the physical and mental toughness that you've already bringing into the kids. I've also really, I've, I've so enjoyed the idea of how you've developed deliberate bonding strategies. You take the kids whitewater rafting, you're going out and doing it. But what I've also heard and, and just enjoyed so much from the kids, is that almost every kid that I've asked, like, hey man, how's football going? You know, and and they've told me how tough Forge was. And and yeah. after the first one, the kids are like, I'm never going back there. <laughs> and then after the fifth one, they're like, I love it. You yeah. know? Yeah. And uh and it's it's been so cool to see that. But every kid has said the same thing. He said, you know, coach, coach texts me private text, like he texts me personal texts, see how I'm doing, he knows what's going on in my life, you know. Yeah. And man, I love that, right? And 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 that we we've talked a lot about it just in our short time working together. Uh, but it's a big part of kind of the hallmark of our organization that we get to do this. Like we get to have Christ being a component of absolutely everything that we do. We get to have that personal care for a kid that, that goes so far past what football or athletics can bring into that kid's life that we get to deal with the eternal, you know, which is so significant. Right. You know, um, tell me kind of, you were talking about the hallmarks. You've been a seasoned leader for a long time. And I still want to press rewind and we'll get there in a minute. Um, you've been such a, a seasoned leader. Tell me about the hallmarks 
of a great program because you, you really have learned how to pull the best out of young men uh, through this great game of football. Uh, tell, me, tell me kind of some of those hallmarks. How is it you craft a program? What is it that you do to really, to really craft that out? Right. So I had a mom when I first got started, when I first became a head coach, and you didn't really know what I was doing, but I always say, hey, we're going to work. We're going to work hard and we're going to figure this out. Um, I had a mom tell me at the end of the year that I make the kids believe and this. And she said this in a negative way. I make the kids believe that they can be something that they really can't be. <laughs> and um, and I, I thought about that and it was meant as an insult, but I took it as a compliment. Absolutely. Because I think that's the biggest thing is believing in a kid and believing that he can become something. And so I like to say the word take ownership. And, and so as we believe in that kid, and we, a lot of times it's making them work, making them do this, making them do that. And you're waiting for that light bulb to go off or maybe they have success and then they own the process. Right. And it becomes their process. And they might not ever give you credit for it because they don't know. They just know that this is what I do. I work now. And I think that um, around any great program, if you talk to Nick Saban, he's going to talk about the process, how we do things. And I think that's what I've learned as I've gotten older as a coach. Like, this is our process. This is what we do in the spring. This is what we do in the summer. This is what we do each day during the summer. And then here we are in acclimation week. This is what we do during acclimation week. And, and then you, and you, and you break it down into, this is what we do on offense. This is how we practice. This is what we do on defense. This is how we practice. And so while you do that, you're breaking it down into small pieces and you're repeating it over and over and the kids can then start to own it themselves. So this process that you're introducing them to becomes their process and they believe in it and they've had success with it and now they own it and they start to teach others and hold each other accountable to what you've taught them. So I think that's the big thing um, is clear objectives, clear accountability, and then the kids beginning to own the process. Did you come up with that strategy? Like, is that something that you, you've methodically worked out through the years? Have you had mentors guide you in that process? What does that look like for you as you've designed this? Because it feels very mathematical. Like it feels like very much you know what's coming next. Yes. You know what to do next. How, how has that happened? Trial and error? Mentors? Mentors, trial and errors, the grace of God. Um, you know, really a profound experience for me was you know, obviously getting to start as a head coach at 27 in 2007 um, and kind of figuring out how, how to do things. Like I learned the process of building men, like building boys into men, uh, you know, focusing on, you know, I say demand excellence, but really what that is, we say excellence is Christ. Um, it's also a very high standard of performance and, and work each and every day. Um, so getting that stuff down, like the 365 day process, I got that down before I got the X's and O's down. And God's timing is always perfect. I remember in 2010, we had a kid who had committed to go, or was gonna to commit to go to Oregon, which means back back in 2010, that's when Chip Kelly was running the Oregon offense and it was, it was the offense. And I got to sit down with Chip Kelly in my office for three hours because Avery was taking an exam and he had to wait for Avery to finish the wow. exam. So I, I got to talk to him a lot about 
how to play fast, a fast offense, what plays to run. Um, so, sometimes people think that you need to have 70 plays. Well, here Chip Kelly is running the same play over and over and over, and he's scoring 50, 60 points a game, playing in the national championship that year I got to talk to him. So it kind of like helped me understand, no, it's not doing all these things. It's doing a few things really, really, really well. Um, and then um, I got to be get to know Gus Malzahn really well, uh, who's at UCF now. He was at Auburn, but he uh, was one of the winningest or most successful high school football coaches at, um, in the country uh, when he coached high school football. So I got to sit down with him and talk about the high school process versus the college process, offense, defense, that philosophy. And then um, the last thing that really helped me out was by the grace of God in 2012, um, I just had not figured out defense. We worked really hard at it and we were efficient, um, but we weren't excellent, we weren't great. And so um, I had a guy named Derek Chastain come be my defensive coordinator. He had worked for who I consider uh, one of the top high school football coaches in the state of Georgia, really country, and Jeff Heron, who's now at Camden County, um, was then as well. He came and brought a defense to me, the 3-5 defense. Um, and with that defense, you get a system, you get a structure, you have checks, you have, they line up in this, we do this, they line up. So you can't ever get got, I say that a lot about defense, like you're not going to get me uh, because our defense has checks, it has bounces. And, and we teach our kids, they know what to do. Um, so it's, it has been this methodical, process and so once you got it to where you wanted it in 2012 it's been it's still been a process but just tweaks here tweaks there adjusting the different personnel understanding how to do that um and and then you know it's really all it turned into uh we were the chasers and then for for a long time people were chasing us and that was that was tough as well so um but yeah long methodical process as you're as you're bringing the boys into this, I love that that idea that you bring up with this idea of, of really kind of training up boys into men, like really and truly that shaping process. I've enjoyed the idea. I've asked a number of your boys, hey, how, hey, what do you think about this year? And all of them, you, you said a phrase just a just a couple minutes ago. I said, you know, we're going to be good this first year. We're going to be good this year. And what I what I've loved that idea is, you must say that on the field because almost every kid has said that exact phrase, same phrase, like. Dr. Kelly, we're gonna be we're gonna be good this year, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and it's it's interesting. It is comes back to the mama's insult that she gave you, which was actually truth. When we believe in kids, we can really see that foster. We can really see that grow. Sometimes kids just need one person to really believe in them, and we can change lives with that. You know, That's right? Uh, and football is one of those processes. So one of the things I've been super intrigued with is that you've been able to put together a a pretty awesome coaching staff around you super quickly. Uh, probably faster than I've seen anyone do it before. What is it uh, about kind of gathering kind of guys around you? What is it do you think that attracts them to the idea that they want to work with you? They want to jump in on that team. What's your thoughts? I think it's the believe thing, um, and and maybe confidence, but like believing what in what we're doing. Um, and I think too, it's it's also. I heard this quote the other day that leadership is caught, not taught. Mm. So I think people are really looking at you and they're judging your actions and they're evaluating your performance, not, not meaning to, but it's just who we are. It's what we do. So, right, like, man, he's, he's able to get these kids to get up at 530 in the morning and come to, come to Forge and 
at, there were certain times where we would have 70 kids there. Um, and so, and then you get into spring practice and, and, and man, the kids are working hard and they're buying in. And so there's this, this excitement and people want to jump in and be a part of that. Like you don't want to get left behind when you see the train moving in the right direction. But I think the first thing that I really try to do when I got here um, was develop a great relationship with the players. Mm -hmm. um, I know like my first meeting wasn't with a coach, it was with Gavin Hall, you know, who's super talented um, and super talented. Now we need to add the leadership component with that. And so I needed to meet with him right away. And so as, as the coaches see a kid like Gavin buy in where he had not bought in, and they start to see, man, this kid is changing. Wow, what else can we do? And then, and then the coaches bought in, and so now it's just kind of like this wave right now. Everybody wants to be a part of it, and everybody wants to get on board. And um, but I just really think it's believing, and it's every single day your actions speaking louder than your words. Here's another good quote for you. I got it from a Chick Fil A guy, but. Your culture isn't what you say it is, it's what you deliver day in and day out. Like we can talk, 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 but what am I doing? And that's what people are seeing. They're seeing your work, not your mouth. And so I think that's why some coaches have jumped on board and want to be a part of it. It's that caught, not taught, and they're seeing you live it out. Uh, and, and sometimes a part of leadership, particularly at the beginning of a race, uh, is kind of sheer determination dragging everybody along with you. Just, we're going to get there. We're, right. we're going to do it through sheer determination. All right, I'm going to come back to the season because I know we introduced the concept of Gavin. I'm going to come back there. But right now, I want to actually kind of jump back to the beginning of your story. So, so really, really interesting story. I'm just absolutely fascinating. Uh, take me back to walking on at the Citadel. Yeah. Uh, take me back to kind of what, you know, young, young coach guests uh, uh, jumping in here and making the decision to be a walk on. Take me back to that set. Okay. Um, you know, I, I grew up loving football. You know, I remember crying when we moved to South Carolina in the second grade. I couldn't play tackle football. They didn't have tackle football in the second grade. It started in the third. So I remember bawling, tears coming out of my eyes. So I always loved football my whole entire life. Um, I just wasn't big enough to get a scholarship. Um, I was 5'11 and 250, and I played center. Um, so, so who wants to offer that guy? Um, I thought I was a good football player, but I'm short. And, you know, just usually those guys are 6'3", 6'4", 6'2". Um, so I had to walk on and uh, one of my high school coaches helped me get a spot to walk on at the Citadel. Um, I had no interest in the military stuff or aspect of it. I didn't even know that it was a military school except for the fact that my brother was there. Mm -hmm. um, but I just wanted to go play football, I wanted that opportunity. So I went to the Citadel and walked on. Um, and when you're a walk on, you're a nobody. The coaches don't know your name. I remember walking in there, you know, maybe Chad Pitts will listen to this. I hadn't seen Chad Pitts in like 20 years, but me and Chad Pitts and I walked in together. Well, Chad was a big defensive end. They recruited and all the coaches were like, what's up, Chad? How are you doing, Chad? None of them knew my name. And um, that's, just, that's just part of it. And, and so as a walk-on, you have to fight tooth and nail just to get noticed. Um, and so you, you don't get noticed because they notice you. The only way you're gonna get noticed or they know your name, like they know Chad, is if they see something you do in practice. And you're pretty, like, you're going through practice and you're going through drills, but you're just a dummy. Uh, you're just a practice dummy. And so you've got to do something good. So you learn how to work, you learn how to fight. And you know, at the time, I had, to, I had to, uh, spent two years as a scout team player. A lot of people have to do it their first year. 
you're really bad when you have to do it your second year. <laughs> and so I was a scout team player for two years. Uh, but then that was the best thing that ever happened to me. For some reason, I didn't quit. Um, I, kept, I kept fighting. Um, I don't know why I didn't quit because I had a lot of friends that quit and I wasn't opposed to quitting. I just never did. Um, probably couldn't look my dad, dad in the eye and say right. I quit. Right. Um, but uh, my, my sophomore year, redshirt sophomore year, so um, really I was a college junior, but you get redshirted, so I was a sophomore. Um, start and right tackle went down. And so I didn't know I was the coach's choice as the next best guy, but he instantly took Chad Simmons at center, put him at right tackle and threw me in at center. And that was against Vanderbilt. And I started that game and graded out at 82%, and I never uh, stopped starting from that wow. point forward. So I'm a big don't quit, resolve, fortitude guy, but only because of what it did for me. And I like to say I'm full of quotes, but the darkest hour, the darkest hour of the night is right before sunrise. Mm -hmm. So many people quit right before they're about to have success. And so... Um, that's that's my walk-on story. I love that. So one of the themes that we explore in the show a ton, uh, because we we frankly both work, you know, with teenagers. We're working with, right. with young kids all the time at really some of the most influential, some of the most important years of their entire life. Something that I constantly am hammering home with the kids. You know, they, they want to know what step seventeen is of life. You know, right. and and I'm constantly saying, don't sweat step seventeen. Like just don't. Just worry about being faithful at the next step, you know? Right. So, so, so take me like, uh, with this mindset, this young Jonathan guess you finally make the team. At what point are you thinking, uh, I'm going to be a football coach? Like, like when does this occur? It, it, was that even a, a thought during this period of time? Cause you leave here and you go into serving in the military for a period of time as well. Uh, what, what was your course? What were you thinking you were going to end up at that period of time? Right. So, um, my dream job in high school, love love football. My dream job in high school was I'm going to be a high school football. Coach. Okay, that was my dream job. But I got to college, and you kind of, I kind of lost that love for the game. I mean, I played and I started, uh, but football became a job and it became not fun. Um, and so my my head coach my senior year was Ellis Johnson. He had come. He was a defense coordinator at Alabama, and he came over to the Citadel. And it brought that love back a little bit. But I remember my offensive line coach, Jeff Fila, asking me if, if I ever thought about GA. And I was like, absolutely not. I wanted to be so far away from football. But honestly, this, this will kind of feed into where I'm going. I was far away from the Lord as well in my personal walk with him. Um, so I just wanted money. So I, I wanted to be an investment banker. That was what I wanted to do, and I'd already started uh, my my MBA because I was had a fifth year, so I started my MBA, and that, I was like, I want to be rich. So how do you get rich? Be an investment banker. That's what I thought, and um, and so I learned. I had interviewed with a lot. I went and talked to a lot of different type of investment banker type guys that were rich, and um, I learned that investment banking at 23, 24 years old, um, or any type in that world is really young. Like you're like a nine year old. Um, and so they're like, you need to go do something else, then come back to this. So I instantly thought military. Um, and September 11th had happened, 2001, that happened. So I was like, you know what? So we all had this patriotism. So I'm like, I'm gonna go be a Marine. So our uh, two-star general, General Reynolds, uh, was president of the Citadel. 
He walks me up, went and met with him. He's like, you'd be a great Marine, gonna go be a Marine. He walks me into the Marine recruiter's office about to sign the dotted line to go to officer training school. The guy who worked for the football team, Colonel Sheely, he walked by me and he said, what are you doing? And I said, uh, I'm gonna be a Marine. He said, do you wanna get married? Do you wanna finish your master's degree? Do you wanna have a life? I said, yeah. He said, follow me. So he's a Colonel, <laughs> you don't say no. And um, so I followed him, and before I know it, I'm an Air Force officer. And uh, but you said you said yes to the colonel, but no to the general. Well, the general <laughs> was not there. Okay, he right, had dropped right, me okay. off with the other colonels. Okay, and they hadn't come and got me into the back right. room to sign the paperwork. So I just it, nobody said anything. I'm I'm the Air Force. I, I signed it, and so I'm going to uh, officer training school at some point in the summer. So, but I'm chasing that, and um, but. Two years into the Air Force, uh, just God's sovereignty, the church I was going, the pastor was actually the middle school football coach of hmm. First Presbyterian Day School. So he says, why don't you come over here and help? And I, I'm, I always say niceness is my weakness because um, I'm nice and I didn't want to, but I said yes. And uh, so I said yes, so I'm going to do it. So I, I, I went out there and started coaching middle school football and loved it. Huh. Um, absolutely loved it. Still in the Air Force, driving up there afterwards. The next year, Coach Moore from FPD, First Presbyterian Day School, he asked me to coach the high school offensive line. I loved it. And so then I got my paperwork, after the season, been in the Air Force three years, I got my paperwork to go to Vandenberg Air Force Base. And I thought my commitment was for four years. Um, but I know that my, my relationship with the Lord is strong now at this point. I knew that God had called me into coaching high school football. Okay. And so I didn't want to do it. Huge paid discrepancy between what a captain in the Air Force is going to make and what you're going to make your first year teaching. And um, I didn't want to do it. And I, I was in church one day and I just felt an overwhelming conviction to do it. Um, and everybody, including my dad, told me I was an idiot for hmm. leaving the Air Force and going into high school football coaching. So. That's, that's, so I did that for two years there at FPD, taught math, taught accounting, did the weight room, coached football, um, and then Eagles Landing Christian had the job open two years later, and once again, through God's sovereignty, I, I got that job. So that's kind of how I got into coaching, God calling me into it. That's right. And, and, that's, and that's really such a vital lesson that we are constantly teaching to our kids. You're teaching to your players. I'm teaching to my students with this mindset that, hey, when we place Christ in the center, he's going to direct your path. It just, it just is, it's right. the truth. Yep. And, and that's something that it is hard, particularly I think, you know, you're, you're a dominant personality, so am I. It's hard sometimes for us to give up control right. to anyone other than ourselves. And, and yet when God is in it, he is going to direct your path. And it's so cool to watch the fingerprints of the creator on your life that he's directing each and every one of your steps, you know? So you enter into this amazing chapter uh, at, at Elka and uh, where, where God just blessed you with victories. Walk us through some of those victories because you're, you know, the winningest coach uh, in the state yeah. of Georgia and it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, you know, it was, it was a process, you know, like I said, 2007, we were six and five and then 2008, 2009, we went eight and three and I'm learning, I'm making mistakes. Don't even know you're making mistakes sometimes. Um, but 2010, we, we had an amazing team talent wise. 
Should have won state probably from a talent standpoint, but we ended up getting beat in the quarterfinals. And we, you know, we were number two. Clinch County was number one. They beat us in the last minute in the quarterfinals. <coughs> and we, um, the talent-wise, we should have won state. But I knew, okay, got to get the defense right. I need to learn defense. No offense, need to learn defense. 2011, we lost in the semifinals um, to a team we had beat in the regular season, and we were better than, but we got beat 14 to seven. Mm. Uh, I will always say that was the worst loss of my life. Um, and then just kept at it. We win the state championship in 2012. So mm. it's this process, right? I mean, it's not like, hey, just start winning championships. 2007, 2008, 2000, it's like a, it's like a, your stair steps, you're, 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 you're learning. Um, and then, so we had the system, had the formula, and you know, a lot of times, even when you have that, your, your talent level dictates it. 2013, we would have won state, uh, but our all-state quarterback got hurt in the first round. And even then, because we lost to y'all, Calvary, if you remember, yeah, uh, even then y'all beat us in uh, over, overtime, double overtime. Yeah to go to the state championship game. Um, 2014 was a great experience of never quit. And so this is where we kind of came up with keep chopping. We started off the year 0-6. How embarrassing is that? So we had gone over a certain time frame, like 58-4 and or 58-5, and and then we're 0-6. Now our schedule was ridiculous, but it doesn't matter. You're 0-6. Dee, my wife, she cares about football, but she doesn't care about football. <laughs> She's crying when we're 0-6. You know it's bad. Um, so, however, our, our team stayed together, and we won the next six games to make it to the state championship game. And we lost, but we made it. But think about that, 2014. Mm -hmm. That led, that year led to five straight state championships, 2015, 16, 17, 18, and 19. I think if you don't have 2014 going 0-6, right. Right. you don't have 2015 through 2019. Yeah, that's what makes you hungry. That makes you hungry. It humbles you. So you're thinking about it. You're, for four years, you have kids in your program. Who remembered being 0-6? Mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, and then obviously had um, some really good coaches. God, God brought some really good coaches uh, to me. Uh, you know, I told you about the defensive coordinator, Derek Chastain. Um, and then I had Kenny Dallas, who's the head coach of Trinity right now, who just won the state championship. He was a blessing. Had Brett Collier. Uh, Brett's at FPD now. Um, and then um, I had a guy come up yesterday to work with our team, uh, Joe Bryan, who uh, was offensive coordinator for me. And the fact that I always tell my offensive coordinator, I'm a play caller. But your job is we never turn the football over, and he's working on the run game and the, how the, the running back fits, the quarterback, all this kind of stuff. Um, and I had Joe come up and teach all the running back drills and the ball security drills, all those little things that help you win. Um, and a great stat for Joe is uh, over the course of his time at Elka, he had six Division One running backs, mm. um, and one of the best in college football right now in Keaton Mitchell. So. Um, you know, that having those coaches uh, along the way to walk alongside me and help me, uh, and I learned so much from them, and even tapping to them right now, like Coach Mejia and I right now this morning trying to figure out a formation 
I draw it up this morning, three different formations, and I send it down to Brett at FPD. I'm like, how would you, how would you defend this? Um, so it's just a blessing uh, that, of great people that God put around me. Iron sharpening iron. That's right. Um, the role of sports has changed dramatically, e- even in the last decade. Uh, it's, it sometimes just plays an outsized role in the lives of a lot of families. It can be kind of all-consuming. How do you balance that? You've got a, a wonderful wife, a great young son. Uh, how do you balance that kind of all-consuming nature and yet keep a family balance as well? What strategies do you use for that? Yeah, well, um, I probably do a poor job, but I, but I, but uh, no, I, I think the biggest thing with sports that we all have to, as if parents are listening, is. Um, it's a, it's a money-making machine. The AAU world, this trainer, that trainer, uh, it's, they're all just trying to take your money. Talent is talent, and it will be found whether you go to this trainer or you go to that trainer. Um, so with that, we feel pressure as coaches and parents that we need to be working 24-7 because if we're not working 24-7, they're going to take you to that trainer, and that trainer is going to tell them to go to that school. So I think at some point you have to stop and you have to realize, why do I do this? Mm-hmm. Okay, God called me into coaching football to build men, to preach Jesus Christ to these boys. That's why I do what I do. Now, we're going to pursue excellence, but God gave us the seventh day to rest. He said, stop. It looks different for Christian people, right? We, we stop and we have balance and we're fighting for balance. Mm-hmm. And so I think... That's the thing, like, like we don't do anything. We will meet with as coaches on Sunday afternoon, but we, but we don't do anything on Saturdays. Um, you know, like this summer, I said we, we, we did a lot, but you know, every, every coach had Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. We're done at one o'clock. So, you know, you have lots of family time. You know, if you wanna go on vacation with family, feel free to do so. So it's like fighting for that balance, always remembering the sovereign God gave us the model, six days of work, one day of rest. So it's understanding I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a finite being and I need to rest and I need, I need to have balance and I need to trust that God's in control. And so the funny thing is two of the best football players that we're gonna have on the field on Friday night came to us this summer and I had nothing to do with it. And I think you met with one of them uh, JT Hornick, and he's phenomenal, and I had nothing to do with it, and they didn't even contact me. Uh, and then we had another kid show up yesterday. So, like, God's going to give you what you need. We have to work, but, like, we need to, we need to trust God and his sovereign plan um, and, and, and honestly follow the model that he gave us. And there's, a part, there's a part of it I find in, in leadership so often. That sometimes I think God is waiting for the blessing until he's already shown that we're willing to trust him. You know, right. he's not going to pre-bless us to, and, and then wonder whether we were going to be faithful. We have to be faithful. That's We've right. got to trust him in it. And then, and then, and then he's going to pursue it. After, you know, he's then going to provide for that mentality. All right, so let's jump into this season just a little bit. Uh, man, you know, so now we've made the transition from Elka over here to Hebron. We are so excited for your leadership. I'm excited. I mean, honest to goodness, you know, I, I've never been a guy who sweats the W's. I just, I just haven't. What I'm always looking for in every coach that I've ever had the privilege to work with is I'm looking for, hey, are they caring for the kids? Are they being faithful in preaching Christ? 
And are they strategic in what they're doing? Like making them work hard. To me, W's are simply a byproduct of running a well-seasoned, uh, well-orchestrated program. I think W's are just a byproduct of it. And so, man, just, but just so excited to have you over. Now there's some things that, that have happened, right? So we've changed regions, we've been upclassed. Uh, I've had all these people say, man, it, oh, you know, it's, gonna, it's the end of the world, you know? Yeah. And all these people kind of freaking out. Uh, I, I love when I met with you. Literally, you took the job. You didn't even know who was in the region, right. which just cracked me up. Like, I just thought you didn't care. Yeah. And so what do you think about this whole this whole region change that's taken place with Hebron and the new teams we're playing? Yeah, well, I find it exciting, you know, because I've been in the private school world as well down at Elka. And um, I'm excited to go play other schools. And, and to be honest with you, we've played Monroe area. We've played Hart County. Like, we've played all those schools. We've played AAA schools. I'm just always one of those guys. I think we're going to prepare. We're going to bust our tail. We're going to work hard. And, I, and I, we're going to go into the game believing we're going to win. You know, understanding you might lose. You can always lose. But we're going to believe that we can win. We're going to believe that we can compete. And as we believe we can win and compete, we're going to work that way. And so um, I'm super excited to see what this team accomplished. I think I'm also really excited. Uh, same reason why I was excited for the Flower Branch game. These parents or whoever's talk, telling you like, oh my goodness, this region, whatever, AAA, like I'm ready to prove all those people that Hebron can compete with anybody. Right. And so that's always been our mentality as well. Like we'll, we'll play anybody. Um, I think that's probably my, my walk-on mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, the only way that you're going to do anything is to get out there and do it. I'm also the, the youngest of three boys. Um, so, you know, the, I got good because my brothers beat me up. That's right. And, yeah. um, and so um, I, I know many times, like I would schedule somebody and it would take us two years to beat them, but we would beat them right. the third year. And so um, I, I'm, I'm excited about our schedule. Like I, I can't wait to play Monroe area and Oconee County and Hart County and Stevens County. Um, it's gonna be exciting. And especially when they come here, right. they're gonna bring a lot of fans, they're gonna have a band and, and we're gonna compete. So, so talking about kind of, you know, some of those choices, you make this choice of the exhibition game, which I just thought was fantastic. Uh, you make the choice to play Flowery Branch 5A, right? Yeah. You know, 5A school uh, coming here to play, and, uh, it, and, and on, on one level, it feels like such a gamble. Uh, what, what were your thoughts in that? You know, tell us the final score, but, then, but, but, what, but what, were the, what were your thoughts that were leading up to that very bold, gutsy decision to make that determination that your first point of contact with parents will be Flowery Branch. Yeah, well, the bad thing about me is I, I'm willing to play anybody, um, but then as soon as I schedule it, I, I start getting scared myself. <laughs> and um, like, what am I doing? Same thoughts you might've had, but uh, um, no, I, we needed something to get these boys to believe in themselves at Hebron. And so that's why I scheduled it. And you know, and I just thought like, if we work hard, if we, if we do this, if we do this, we do this, we can compete. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that we would win the way that we did. I just wanted to compete, even if it was a loss, sure. but it would, we competed and we fought and these kids were believing themselves. So that's why I did it. I needed these boys to believe in themselves. It also has like, when you schedule Flowery Branch, you are going to get a great right. 10 days of spring practice. They're going to be focused. They're going to work. Um, and so that's the thing, you know, like if you are going to actually believe in it, not just be some talk, you got to show the kids you believe in them. 
And by me scheduling Flowery Branch, what I said was, I believe in you guys. Let's go do it. You know, two things that I, that I, you know, I'm just a keen observer of people all the time. And two of the things that I absolutely love is, first of all, the kids were having fun the whole game. Uh, occasionally, I've seen sidelines, man, that are so somber. You think they're lining up for a funeral, you right. know? Yeah. And and the kids were having fun the whole game, and they weren't they weren't hamming it, but they were enjoying what was taking place. In the second half, there were two quick touchdowns by Flowery Branch that were one of them was a long run. It was a pretty pretty poetic little run. It was actually beautiful. Right. Uh, and when I saw those two quicks back to back, I thought I thought, ooh, you know, I wonder how the boys will respond. And uh, you know, well, they get so somber and get so serious and stop having fun, and they didn't. Like they, they really. And, and I looked at that as such confidence in their talents, which which has to come from a coaching staff that is constantly talking about the idea. Hey, we're going to be good. Like we're going to be right. You know, that it comes back to that theme that I keep hearing echoed with the kids. But I thought, man, what a bold decision uh, with with uh, just with with that game. And, and uh, you know, Lord, let it turn out great. Uh, and who knows, right? That loss for Flowery Branch, which is a seasoned coaching staff and some great, really talented players. I know they graduated a number of kids last year who were who were some of their big time kids. But they still have a great, talented group of kids. That could be just the loss that they needed, just like your right. and six, yeah, right? right. That, to motivate them for where they go next, which is which is pretty cool. That you, you don't see that in any other avenue, frankly, other than athletics. You right. Know, you really get to see. Uh, the cream of the crop rise, you know, and, and that only happens through adversity and pressure. And so, hey, let's talk a little bit about this season. Who are you seeing with some of your players where they're really stepping up to the game? You're you're, you're really looking forward to some 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 real talent from them, excited for, for what they're doing, maybe some turnaround story. You've mentioned Gavin, a talented young man, uh, you know, and, and really he seems to be stepping forward for you and developing a leadership perspective as well. Talk to me a little bit about some of the kids that you, you've been enjoying working with. Yeah, so... Um, you know, obviously Gavin, just from a talent standpoint, I, I believe he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the state of Georgia. Um, you know, and so, you know, now we're focusing in on his leadership. Um, I, I really like the, the seniors that we have. You know, it's not many, um, but uh, David Pierre, big defensive lineman. Um, you know, it, it just, it's funny because I think when I met David Pierre, he's 6'2", 250. He didn't believe in himself. He didn't really see himself as very much. And I'm sitting here like, come on, man. Like, if I look like you, I might still be in the NFL. Um, and so I think he just needed somebody to tell him, you can. And um, and then, you know, some others like Jake Redman. He's coming back from an injury. But, man, a hard worker, great character kid. Alex Pinella, same thing. Like some of these boys, I mentioned them. Like I would love for my son to be like them when he grows up. Their their attitude, their approach, their character. Um, JT Sparing um, is is a phenomenal grinder. Uh, right? Yeah, grinder. grinder just yeah. man, just super strong. Um, lead by example. Mm -hmm. he, he, I was like JT, you don't have, don't think you have to say a word. We we just watch you work, and it's motivating. Um, and then you know we have some really really young talent. Um, that, you know, so if you, I'm going to miss kids, so I apologize to everybody, but our offensive line is huge. Um, you know, you have Dean and Deacon Maynard, they're twins. Both of them are about 280 pounds. You know, JT, we just talked about, he's 280 pounds. Um, you got the left tackle, a young sophomore, Adam Cannon, 290 pounds. Uh, the little one is Landon, um, but he's 225 pounds, <laughs> which is big. Yeah. Um, you know, so 
Um, and then a senior that I missed was Thomas McVicker. Same thing as David Pierre. I don't know if he believed in himself. Here he is, 6'2", 210 pounds, great athlete. And like, you should dominate. Mm -hmm. And so, well, a lot of times they don't dominate is because they're unsure. And so it's almost like, you know, you're trying to get them to take ownership, right? And, it, and it's been tough because, you know, usually that's a four-year process. And so I, I've had three, four months with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I love the growth that I've seen. Um, and, 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 you know, so we got some other guys um, like, like uh, Carrington Coons. Um, and I, I believe that he's Division One talent. Same thing. You know, he, they had him out of position last year at defensive end and linebacker. Well, if you know anything about his story, his sister got a scholarship to play at UConn. She finished at Georgia, mm -hmm. but she got a scholarship to play UConn basketball. What does that mean? That means this kid's got some amazing talent in his system. Um, so we put him to wide receiver, six foot three, two ten, as a sophomore. Um, he couldn't catch a ball back in when we started throwing early March. Uh, man had a tremendous summer. Man, his practice on Tuesday, uh, or yeah, it was Tuesday, was phenomenal. Uh, catching the ball, you know. So you got kids like that, JT Sperry coming in. Um, Cause you gotta have talent to win, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so we have some really talented kids, you know, I'm uh, very pleased and excited uh, to work with them. And man, they're hungry, yeah. they're hungry. I could say, guys, uh, we're gonna work, we're gonna have practice for 12 hours today. They'd all be here. Yeah. And that's, and that's phenomenal. You know, it, it's, it's just, man, I'm looking forward to the season myself. I just, uh, football is a game that was really special to me. Uh, growing up in Canada, hockey was probably my number one to tell right. you the truth. But anything that really worked with a team, just that camaraderie, uh, man, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, I did not play on the college level, uh, but boy, when I finished up, it, it was like morning for me, you know? <laughs> yes. and, and it wasn't even the game, it was just the camaraderie. It was just that idea mm -hmm. that something special takes place in athletics that just doesn't happen almost anywhere else, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing. Coach, I started the, the, our, our kind of session here with just the mindset of just iron sharpening iron, you know, you're one of those guys I get excited to work with because I know that, you know, just being honest, like you're going to make me better. I hope that I make you better. That's what brotherhood's supposed to look like. It's, right. supposed, it's supposed to be that idea of iron sharpening iron. And man, I'm excited to see what God is going to do with this with this season. I'm excited to see how you're developing our young men, our boys into men. With, with just this this mindset of placing Christ first, working hard, understand that, that the details matter. And uh, Coach, it's just, it's exciting, man, to have you here at Hebron. And uh, we're, we're thrilled to just see where you're gonna take it uh, in these years to come and just watch these young men uh, develop, man. We're just so thrilled to have you have you here at Hebron, and I'm glad to have you on the show as well. Yeah, well, I thank you. Um, it's like you said, I was telling the boys the other day, you know, you, you can't talk about love and family and brotherhood, really brotherhood is, I was like, what creates a brotherhood is working your tail off together, mm -hmm. the blood, the sweat, the tears. And that's why like you and me and, 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 the, and the people here, your staff here at Hebron, like that's where the brotherhood and family comes from. Everybody's striving hard to, for the mission, which ultimately is to create disciples for Jesus right. Christ, to create, to, to spread the name um, and the gospel and you know, it's not, it's not, we're not trying to um, win championships. We're trying to be excellent and shine as a light for That's Jesus right. Christ. So yeah. people see something different. Right. And, and the so, W's are just a byproduct. Byproduct. You know, and, and, and you know, what's, what's interesting too, coach, is that 
what we were doing is so increasingly countercultural. Like, like us pursuing this idea of a faith mentality with excellence is increasingly countercultural. But, you know, I, I'm, and I know you agree, but man, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. No. You know, just this mindset of being, having the privilege. We get to do this. That's we right. get to have Christ at the center of everything we do. Coach Guest, hey, I'm looking forward to this season. Thanks for jumping on the show. Yes, sir. And uh, we're looking forward to what God does. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Joy of Leadership podcast, where we emphasize the blessings of leadership and our call to this vital role. 